You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris and Joel Thomas. Joel Thomas reporting live from Kiev. And I'm right outside of Kiev and Marina Abramovich is here with Zelensky and they are in the process of cutting a ribbon to cosmic ping pong Kiev. This is crazy. There's only one other cosmic ping pong in the world, and it's in Washington, D.C., and these people are actually cutting the ribbon where it seems to be like 30 children are walking inside as well. We got to do something about this. This bomb dropping everywhere. Oh, man. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. (laughs) We're back. You know what I'm saying? By the time you're hearing this, we want to uh, give a shout out to everybody that made it out to the 14 Airways, you know? Appreciate y'all. Had a great time with everybody. Uh, and thanks for the support. Got to get that out the way. You guys have been killing it with the five-star reviews. We are cracking numbers that we have not come close to before. We really appreciate it, guys. I want to read a couple off Apple. Mr. Jones 4 started listening a few months ago. My eyes have been open to more things that I than I was previously unaware of. Thank you guys for the info knowledge on the subject. Keep it going. Appreciate it, Mr. Jones. We got NJ Bellin. Outstanding show, five stars. These gentlemen kill it. We really appreciate that. We're going to jump to Netflix. And Aliens was the last episode here on Spotify. We've got Chase Collins. Hey, guys, father of two in Ontario, Canada. And you're right, it is getting bad. Fortunately, they did go back on taking books out of schools a few days after. Keep the butt cheeks tight. Ours definitely are. So it's nice to hear that, that they did rescind. But I do think it's part of that pushing the goalposts. That's why they did it, to see how many people would care. And then a lot of people cared, and that's good. That keeps them in check. We've also got Hayden Grieve. Great show, guys. I know everyone yells Blue Beam because it's mainstream now, but I think they tell us aliens because the truth is probably way more insane. 
cough fallen angels cough booyah and i tend to agree with you there hayden as well we again guys we really appreciate what you guys have been doing go hook us up with the five star reviews keep them rolling in and go by the website we always got a bunch of great stuff in the misinformation section so a lot of documents when people ask for source you got legit sources these are government documents so make sure you go by there and I think uh, we could get right into it. This is how I'm going to get into it, man, because this reminded me of probably how people think of me and you when uh, they're listening to the podcast. I want you showing up stag and riling each other up. We don't rile each other up. We yet. never get riled up. I don't get riled. He doesn't and I don't either. Look at you right now. You're riled. <laughs> we're about to get riled up. <laughs> so we're going to start off right away with your favorite, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, the, she's... The Pentagon has issued a warning to Congress that they are running low on funds for replacing weapons sent to Ukraine. And she says Putin believes he can outlast us, but he is mistaken. So let's get into it and see what she has to really say. There is strong, very strong international coalition behind Ukraine. And if Putin thinks he can outlast us, he's wrong. He's wrong. And so we will have another package of aid for Ukraine soon to signal our continued support for the brave people of Ukraine. And so that's our message. If he thinks he can outlast us, that is Mr. Putin, we believe he's wrong. Ooh, she believes he's wrong. Yeah, I, well, first off, the reason why everybody's up in arms essentially is because Kevin McCarthy was ousted as the House Speaker and Kevin McCarthy was behind giving more aid to the Ukrainian allies. And part of what we've been doing is outside of some of the big chunks that we gave early on, we've been trickling pieces of aid. But we're at the point now where, now again, this is just what they're saying. It's not what I believe, but they're basically saying that they've only got enough right now for 45 days, something like that, two months, around two months worth of weaponry funds for them to make it. So Kevin McCarthy was behind this push to give them more aid. And instead of what they're saying, biting off little pieces, they want to go for a big enough amount to allow them to keep fighting the Russian invaders until after the 2024 elections. So their plan is to go ahead and give them enough aid now so it'll go past, it'll run past the 2024 elections. So no matter who gets in office, Ukraine's pretty much set up to go. The problem is everybody's on board. I mean, only half of the Republicans are against it. All Democrats are for it. And there's another half of Republicans that are actually for it as well. And you'd be surprised to hear some of the names that are for it, like Lindsey Graham, which a lot of the QAnons, a lot of people have really been on board with Lindsey Graham, but he's all about giving a ton of aid to Ukraine. And he's for this drafting a package. And check this out, Sean, you're going to like this. So he wants to draft a package that will pair UK Ukraine aid with additional funding for border security, a GOP priority. So what they're doing is they're partnering this thing that everybody would be on board with. Oh yeah, we got to stop all the migrants from running over the border. We got to get the wall up. But they're also sliding in an additional Ukraine aid that will go past the 2024 election. And that's coming from y'all's boy, 
Hey, y'all's boy Graham. So they're all on board. This is a coordinated effort by all both sides. I mean, yeah, you got some Republicans that are against it, but for the most part, everybody's on board. It's going to pass if it goes through. The only issue is they don't have a House leader anymore because McCarthy's out. So they don't even know what to do right now. And I've listened to some of these pundits talking about, I don't know what they're going to do. And I was like, I think it's by design. I think they want this kind of chaos going on within the House because the Republicans are technically running it. But I do think that it's going to pass. They're going to get more money. It's just going to be more money laundering, more scheming. Uh, Again, nobody's worried about Putin. I don't think they're worried about Putin at all. This isn't about Putin. Oh, no. They're not worried about Putin. Didn't you hear what uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme said? She said, you're dead wrong. wrong. (laughs) He's dead wrong, man. Putin ain't messing with that. And Lady G, man, Lindsey Graham, I got to, you know, we got to show him a shout out because he he's so uh one of the first LGBTQWIX uh senators and and cuz people don't know that he's a uh he's a trans. I don't know if anybody knows that. That's why his name's Lindsay, man. Like and he sounds so lame like hey, he sounds so feminine, bro. Those like EGI guys will totally believe you. Like I knew it. I knew it. He was a Nephilim child and they transitioned it when he was two. I knew they stuck him in. You know, there's people right now that are doing like the uh the the facial points of like, I knew it! The cheekbones were too oh, yeah. high. <laughs> I know. Man, but they, they they're just trying to get uh funnel the money. And you're right, like if it passes Congress, there's more people, there's more Republican congressmen and women that are against it the war in general than the Senate. If it gets to the Senate, everybody in the Senate's like, yeah, they're all military industrial complex. So they're like, yeah, man, we need more bullets, man. And if they, they talk about how much ammo they've wasted per day, it's crazy, man. It's like, what are you guys just shooting in the air? Like, I mean, you guys need to like conserve your ammo, man. I don't know. Get better at uh, aim or whatever it is. Lying. I don't even think they're running through ammo like that. I just think it's a bunch of lies. I think they're just telling us that they're running through ammo like that because there's been so many reports come out that these war, the war isn't even happening the way they're telling us. It's not a bunch of battles, a battlefield with dead bodies everywhere, what they're trying to make it out to be over here. It's not even happening like that. So what's really going on? Why are we sending money? And I can tell you why, because Ukraine has been the hotbed for really hundreds and hundreds of years of well, maybe even centuries, really, if you really want to break it down, like just like millennia, wherever you want to go, like it's been a hotbed for occult activity, for uh, money laundering, uh, embezzlement. So much is going on there. We already know about all the laboratories there that they're doing so many viruses virus testing, all that stuff's going on in these areas. So it's not a surprise that we're sending more money there. It's not for what they're telling you that they're sending the money for. I just think that it's money laundering. And technically we're not, yeah, it's money laundering, but it's also, we're technically not even sending them money. That's what people tend to forget. We're sending them old equipment that we're not using anymore. And that money's going to go in the pocket of Raytheon and and stuff like that. Lockheed Martin. That's who's really going to benefit from this. This happens quite often. That's why they love war. And you did say it's a hotbed. It's a hotbed also for human trafficking. You know, that's been a a known fact for a long time. Speaking of human trafficking, the key is there. So now they got Marina Abramovich. 
<laughs> which it's almost funny that they, like this story it's like you couldn't write a better uh, a script right like it's like man if it's it's almost like they got it from the cue boards yeah <laughs> like straight from the cue i agree boards. with you on that because i think it was planned it was done on purpose because they pick marina abramovich who why is she even in the political realm she's an artist this is crazy you know i get her being connected to politicians in the sense of she's an artist. They like art. If we're just looking at base level, I get some of that and her running around in these circles, but dude, she's doing work with Zelensky. He wants her to be an ambassador for Ukraine. This is crazy. She's going to be an ambassador. So he's going to ask her to help in rebuilding schools. You're putting around children. Like, this is crazy. You can't even write this up. Like, it's legit. But here's the thing. They did it on purpose because if anybody's questioning it, like, oh, y'all are some crazy loons, you conspiracy theorists. I'm like, man, it's right there in front of your face. Like, why is she getting involved with all of this? And listen, she's been super involved with with being against Putin. That's been that's been very evident with a lot of the things she said. She was actually the first artist to support the Ukraine war against Russia and she made a big deal about it. Um she said it's a repetition of history and I'm sure she knows history better than most people being in some of the circles she's in, but she was invited by Zelensky to be an ambassador of Ukraine to help the children affected by rebuilding schools and such. So you were just talking about child trafficking. Here you go. You've got one of the premier names who has been involved behind the scenes with Podesta, with the Clintons, with all the big names that had to do with Pizzagate she was involved with. And now she's getting even more involved with children who need help, quote unquote. The education thing makes me laugh, too, because she's an artist again. Like, what does she have in her tool belt or, or how is she qualified to do any of this? It's almost like they're doing it intentionally so that they can get people riled up this is where you get that whole MAGA crowd more riled because they know most of the MAGA crowd does know about Marina Abramovich and they know what, what what she represents and I think that's further along the lines of trying to push that narrative of Q and Trump being the savior and he, even when you talked about earlier about Kevin McCarthy being ousted there's even that back to that oh maybe Trump could be <laughs> Trump could uh 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 be the next uh, leader of the house that because anybody can be a technically because they can nominate anybody doesn't have to be a congress member so we're going to continuously see that i think it's to remain that sides and you're not going to get anybody on the other side that's supporting ukraine which is crazy because if you're supporting ukraine war the this war you're supporting the military industrial complex and if you can't see that then you're just being blind on purpose or you're you're stuffing your head in the sand because the Marino Bravovich thing, I know that like it has something to do with that, but I'm sure she's been there. I mean, she's she's been into these circles, her whole spirit cooking and and the crowd she's been around. Everybody that she's been around has been at least rumored to be in some kind of child trafficking uh, in some senses. Right. Like or been to on the list or been to Epstein's Island. So I think it's just trying to just put, put some name recognition on it get people riled up so that they can get Trump in. I th still think that the goal is to get Trump in, to get this ultimate authority authoritarianism to really get 
this police state back on track. No, I, I agree with that. I, I think Trump is definitely getting in, and I think they want him in, too. The other thing is, too, you know, back to Abramovich, and you said it, you know, what's she doing getting involved over there? Like, what's her purpose, really? Well, there's one really crazy uh, thread that ties in. It's the Bobby Yar organization which she was invited to be a board member of. Now, if anybody knows anything about Bobby, Bobby, uh, sorry, Bob and Yar or Bobby Yar, you can pronounce it either way. That's where they forced much of Kiev's Jewish population um, during uh, the uh, World War Two. And in 1941, German forces killed, <laughs> you know, laugh at the number, 33,000 of these Jewish people in this ravine is in Bobby Yar. So she's a part of this Bob and Yar organization. And there's a memorial that they basically go to and almost worship. So I'm wondering too, with all those deaths, all those sacrifices that have gone on in this area, that this probably a source of great power or occultic power that they go and retrieve from. Cause she's there a lot. She goes to this memorial a lot. And now she's on the board of this memorial of this place where 33,000 Jews were killed and um, Zelensky goes to as well. So that he wanted her to be a part of this. I think that that's an underlying tone outside of the child trafficking. That's a whole nother thing that she's involved with over there in Kiev. So it has nothing to do with her caring about Putin and the war or anything like that. Her, her motivations are completely spiritual. That's how she works. Like she is all about gaining power and helping others to achieve this power level that they want to achieve. She is a shaman to these people. And this is a known fact outside of any QAnon crap. This is what she's done. She's done it in the entertainment world with people like Jay-Z, um, Lady Gaga, a lot of these big names. She's also involved in politics. And now you see her being an actual ambassador for Ukraine. And you have to look at the occult aspect with her at all times because that's her main motivation and goal. And that's a great piece of proof to kind of like show people like even they're not going to necessarily believe you, but it does kind of bring it all together. How we always talk about the occult. It's obvious she's like deep in the occult. So that just tells you that when we're talking about the occult in Ukraine, that it's an absolute fact. No, absolutely. And it is a hotbed for all of the Kazarian activity that's gone on for a long time, which essentially the Kazarian bloodlines are Nephilim bloodlines. And you knew I was going to do it. This is going to slide in there, but they are from Nephilim bloodlines. So that is an absolute nuclear spot for that activity. So she is going to be there regardless if she's in the public eye doing it or not. But I think they found a good way for her to be in the public eye now. And you know, her being there now makes sense. Like, Oh, she's just ambassadors trying to help kids out which I think is hilarious that she's the one there to help children out. Let's get a little update on what's going on in the, from the Maui fires. You know, we heard a lot. We know that the electric company is kind of being facing a lot of the blame, but right here we have a Hawaiian electric president and CEO talks about 18 hotels. Their generators never got de-energized. So that is kind of what happened over there. And let's, uh, let's get a little sneak peek and an update of what is still going on because this investigation should have already been wrapped up. It's not like uh, you shouldn't know, but I think they're just going to prolong it to keep it going. On that day, a fire at 6.30 a.m. 
what I will refer to as the morning fire, appears to have been caused by Hawaiian electric power lines that fell in high winds. The Maui County Fire Department promptly responded to this fire. They reported that by 9 a.m. it was contained. After monitoring it for several hours, the fire department determined the fire had been extinguished. They left the scene in the early afternoon. At about 3 p.m., a time when all of Hawaiian Electric's power lines in West Maui had been de-energized for more than six hours, a second fire, the afternoon fire, began in the same area. The cause of that afternoon fire that spread to Lahaina has not been determined. We are working tirelessly to figure out what happened, and we are cooperating fully with federal and state investigators who have indicated it may take 12 to 18 months to conclude. What the fuck? Fuck! <laughs> they, they are still talking, like I said, this investigation, which should have been wrapped up. They're prolonging it. It was the electric company that she talked about that the electric company took out, you know, shut down the power and then supposedly that fire was done and everything was good. But then they're blaming it on the hotels that they didn't turn off their generators and their generators caused it. I still think it's mainly to blame. And maybe that's the intention. I don't know if they're actually the one behind it, but it all all signs point to the electric company. And it seems like they wanted it to happen. Yeah, because Kimura had said before the U.S. House Energy and Commerce Committee that a preemptive shutdown of the power lines was not part of the utilities protocol. So even as Hawaiian Electric was bracing for high winds of more than 60 miles per hour, which made no sense, like you, sh you should de-energize. Matter of fact, uh, Representative Morgan Griffith asked, like, tell us and the American people why you didn't de-energize. And she said, well, we had other protocols in place. Now, I want to do a little backtracking on Sheely Kimura because I looked into her a little bit and she's been with the um, electric company for nine years, six months as president. But then she just became CEO in January of 2022 now I was ch I checked out this article from 2022 and she is <laughs> you're going to laugh she is big on cutting carbon emissions and against you know what kind of energy they've been pushing now they want to switch it to green energy uh matter of fact her biggest goal is for them to achieve 70% decarbonation by 2030 with zero carbon emissions from power generation by 2045. And this past year of 2022, renewable energy accounted for 38% of the energy output that they were already pushing. And back in 2010, that rate was 10%. So her taking over back even before she was president, she was already moving everything away from quote unquote fossil fuels. So her agenda here is to take this to another level. So anything she can do to make, you know, normal energy that we use look bad, she's going to do because she wants to move to this clean energy. And if they're trying to move Hawaii into a smart island, this is going to be part of it. And I think that's why that they didn't de-energize um, the area because whatever they can do 
to point fingers and say, well, we need to change things. That's why it's not working. Well, no, you just didn't do what you were supposed to do. They're saying that, oh, these weren't the protocols. You know that you know what you need to do. Like you knew what you needed to do. You just didn't do it because you have an agenda behind it. And that was her whole goal. But if you look at her track record, she's been doing this for well over 10 years, almost 11 years. She's been pushing this clean energy Green New Deal mentality. So she's all for that. So anything she say, pretty, in my opinion, is just straight up garbage and gibberish that she's putting out there um, as quote unquote fact. I totally agree with that. And we've also now seen a resurgence of more climate activists like for a while during 2020 and all that. We've seen them big time in um, England, but the Sunrise Movement has joined back into the sphere of things and you're starting to see them. So this green new deal stuff is to me, the main goal of what you're seeing all these bureaucrats that have been put into this place to get this agenda, which to me, the agenda is hilarious because most of the people that are behind this climate stuff, like they don't really care about the environment. They're not cleaning up the environment. They're not, they're, they're probably trashing it, man. Like it's hilarious. You, you see them have these like big movements and stuff and they leave garbage everywhere. So that's pretty much to me what they're trying to do. And that's what, that's the prototype right there to me is Maui and like, like Lahaina is that's the prototype and you, and we kind of still, I still think it's, there's a little occultic aspect to it. Like you were saying, like, the sacredness before and like previous episodes where we're saying how the land is so sacred and they want to do stuff with it. But this green new deal agenda is going to be more and more ramped up. I mean, we've seen it, the climate change stuff like crazy, man. Like it's been everywhere. It's been like through every little thing. Like I know we talk a lot about like the LGBT stuff and this and that, and like the, the trans Maoism and things of that nature. I think that's all packaged into this climate you know, activist role, which it's not really what it's about because none of those people are actually looking for solutions. And when you give them solutions, they don't know what to do because I've talked to many of these people and told them like, well, I'll start listening to you when you can tell me like, Hey, I'm getting rid of plastics. Hey, we could use hemp as biodegradable plastics or soy or whatever it may be. They're not, they're just following suit. Just like we were talking about the Ukrainian flag stuff, because we still have not seen any of these Ukrainian flag people that have it in their profile to have a Maui or a Lahaina flag in their profile. So they don't care. Yeah. And I was screaming back when the whole Ukraine flag thing went down. Why, when all of the deaths were going on in Haiti, why people weren't putting up Haiti flags, you know why? Because Haiti is a hotbed for child trafficking and it has been an absolute sewer dump for companies like or companies, but countries like the United States and some of these other elite agendas moving in and out through that country. And it's really sad. And now that it's run literally by gangsters, it makes it even more so. Matter of fact, Freemasonic gangsters at that. So that's even crazier when you want to get down to the bottom of what's going on in Haiti as well. But it's really sad that people can be brainwashed so easily into putting up a Ukraine flag in their profile and not know what's going on in their own country in Hawaii, which is considered one of the 50 states. And an awful tragedy happened there with people that got essentially murdered. And even if you don't believe that piece of it, they died. 
So you should be doing everything you can to represent those people who are part of your own country. But it's sad that people are so brainwashed that they don't even look at that as a big thing that happened. Like, oh, just a couple fires, man. Yeah, it's already out of the mind. Uh, what to say? Out of sight, out of mind. It's gone from them. They don't even realize it exists. But I think we got some presidential watch, baby. Gavin Newsom, man, he's coming out, man. You know, we keep talking about how the Democrats are kind of split, and it seems like they are—they're going to pull a, a some kind of okie doke. I feel at the end. I don't know if it's for sure, but I just have this feeling that they are. And man, it's still on the table, man. Newsom AOC and uh, or AOC Newsom and uh, Trump and uh, Kanye. I mean, the Kanye kind of looking a little that 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 parlay is not looking like it's going to hit at this moment. But I'm I'm going to say that we've been seeing Gavin Newsom quite a bit in the news, making waves and trying to consider himself to be presidential. The things he's doing, even though it's really nothing. So this is a clip from France 24. You won't hear it on all the other Mockingbird media uh, uh, stations because they're not going to let you hear that. And I want people to pay attention to this clip because he's going to say all his spiel. They're going to talk about it. And at the end, it's going to tell you what it's really about. A victory for hundreds of thousands of people across the state of California. Boy, these were some tough mountains. <laughs> for some, the new bill, which raises the minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 per hour, feels like writing a historic wrong. This is for my grandmother, my great-grandmother, Johnny Teagles, my grandmother, Bobby Pittman, and for my children. This is for my ancestors. This is for all the farm workers, all the cotton pickers. California Governor Gavin Newsom said the bill is a recognition of the fact that a majority of fast food workers are breadwinners. 80% of the workforce force in these fast food places, 80% are people of color. Two-thirds, two-thirds are women. We have the opportunity to reward that contribution, reward that sacrifice, and stabilize an industry in turn. What a remarkable moment. Labor and business groups negotiated long and hard over the deal. In exchange, unions agreed to drop their efforts to make fast food corporations liable for the misdeeds of their independent franchise operators in California. So that's what it's really about. It's about not holding the companies liable for when they franchise. You know, like you franchise a McDonald's, and that guy's being a jerk to everybody that will not. Now you can no longer sue because that's the thing that people don't understand it. Yeah, $20 an hour. And I'm not saying I'm not against that because I'm actually one of the people that thinks they should because they're a huge corporation that makes billions of dollars. But Gavin Newsom going around making it seems like he's giving reparations. <laughs> that's what he's trying to claim. He's giving reparations by giving $20 an hour. But what it really is, is that now you can no longer sue these major companies for what their franchises do. Also, what's really funny about the whole reparations thing, because in 2020, he signed this legislation uh, to create a commission to recommend the reparations for black Californians. So everybody got super jacked up about it. They were happy. Oh, Newsom's going to save us. But the problem is, as time went... The commission completed its work, but then it declared that some very hefty financial payments to descendants of slaves would be justified. 
when they came back to Newsom with that commission completed, he became noncommittal. So basically he was like, yeah, I don't think it's a great idea. He's like, we got to look at giving cash to people, though, how that's going to look. We can't just be giving cash to people. We got to find another way to do it. So I think what he did here was funnel this. You're going to see more of him doing this type of thing where this is he made it all about race. If you notice, he made it about gender and he made it about race. Black women, black minorities, this is who we're helping. This is like us giving reparations back. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, that's actually the furthest thing away from reparations. And matter of fact, the committee that you that you had that started in 2020 came back to you after a long time of gathering information and said, hey, this is how we need to move forward with it. He said, nah, he's like, I don't think that that's a good look us giving out cash to people. We we need to do it this way. Of course, he's going to work with, like you said, big business to make it work for them. It's not going to work for the people. It's actually hurting them in the long run. It looks good to start with, but it's 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 man. Anytime they're giving away anything that looks good, you gotta you gotta go behind them and see what's really going on because man, they're just bamboozling you to the max. It's virtue signaling. It's the same thing Biden did with the student loan debt. Oh yeah, we're gonna do the student loan debt, which again, that's not something that I'm advocating advocating for. I think that there's a lot more stuff we could do. But he did it intentionally, knowing that it was going to get shot down by the Supreme Court. So he can virtue signal like, look, I'm trying to do these things for you, but the Republicans are stopping me or, you know, switch roles. If it was, you know, Democrat, oh, the Democrat, Republican, whoever's stopping you, but they're just virtue signaling, trying to get everybody on their side. And I just really think it's Gavin Newsom kind of dipping his toe into this presidential pool, whether it's this this time around or the, the next season. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I do think that they want to get Biden out of there and they want to keep the public perception alive on a lot of these ideas. A lot of the things that they're trying to push, like the Green New Deal, like the corporatize of like, they're just trying to use these key words like reparations, like you said, like to keep the public hooked on so they feel like they're doing something for them. And then that's why, like you heard in the, in the clip, like people are like, oh my God, finally they're going to help. They're not going to help you because it's been proven that now Americans are working more and getting paid less ever in history. You know what I mean? Like they're working more hours and, and what they're being paid is not equivalent to what they're shelling out. Yeah. It, well, and the thing too, Sean, if we're talking about what the people of California want to do, it's it's almost 60 percent of registered voters do not want it. All Republicans and independents do not want it. And the Democrats are evenly divided. And this was by a UC Berkeley Institute poll that they did. So this is actually coming from the people. They don't want to give cash reparations to anyone. So it's even the people that vote Newsom in don't want it. So he just said that to virtue signal a select group of people in 2020, but is now recanted. But this is his game to make it look like he is helping them. Well, this is what I'm doing for you. This is reparations. This is how we're getting our money back when it's actually not. These multi-billion dollar corporations upping it to $20 an hour is nothing to them. That's absolutely nothing to them. No, oh, yeah. And that's why he said like people of color, the keywords, the uh, uh, women, and then that's who being affected. There's tons of people being affected by that. And honestly, I mean, this, 
you're pushing fast food again, which is crap. You know what I mean? It's like horrible for people and not just the working environment, but the food that they actually eat. And also on presidential watch is uh, we were talking about it on the last episode that Kennedy has now announced that he's going to be running as an independent. And I got a couple of clips that I wanted when he was in uh, his New Jersey headquarters, I believe. I thought these were important because it reminded me that he is an op because if you listen to what he's saying, he's talking about the same stuff Trump was talking about. He's talking about, oh, we're going to drain the swamp. Trump, Trump tried, but Trump didn't know how to do it. I have the tools. I have the access to actually drain the swamp. RFK Jr.'s campaign appears to be gaining momentum. His team just opened up a new headquarters in New Jersey. There, the presidential candidate explained how he'll help Americans and, quote, drain the swamp. And it is Jason Perry attended the grand opening. I believe that President Trump wanted to drain the swamp, but he just didn't know how. I know how to do it. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Democratic presidential candidate, spoke at his newly opened campaign office in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And he said this about Trump. And he appointed Scott Gottlieb, Pfizer's partner, business partner, to run the FDA. And Gottlieb went in there and did an $88 billion favor for Pfizer and left the joint Pfizer's board. Then RFK Jr. explained how he knows how to, quote, drain the swamp. I've brought over 500 lawsuits against these companies. I've sued all of these agencies. I've sued DOD. I've sued FCC. I've sued USDA. I've sued EPA, NIA, CDC, FDA, all of them. And when you sue them, you get a PhD and how to unravel corporate capture. Corporate capture is a term which refers to regulatory agencies being dominated or influenced by the industries they are supposed to regulate. And he explained how the relationship between the U.S. military and the defense industry, also known as the military-industrial complex, has affected average Americans. So he just sounds a lot like 2016 Trump. It's And he, he even said, I think Trump wanted, I know Trump wanted to drain the swamp. He just didn't know how. And that's when I heard that clip, I was like, man, they're doing it again, man. They're rolling out the same operation that they did with Obama and Trump. I mean, they, they adjust and change a little bit with the times, but it's the same kind of charismatic character. Absolutely. And I thought it was very telling when he said, I know how. <laughs> I love it when a politician tells you that they know how to fix something. When none of them are in a position to help or fix anything, they are there to move an agenda across. And there are tons of red flags um, with Kennedy. I, I don't see anything good coming out of it. I do see him possibly running independent. And I don't think it's going to split the votes like people think either. I think he could be a legitimate candidate to stir the pot, maybe even more than a Ross Perot was back when he ran. So I think he could be what people are looking for. I don't know if he's necessarily going to win. I still think that Trump's going to win, but I think he could help boost that. I think it could be something where he ends up um, helping the case more than hurting it. I think it may end up uh, working in that way because I think people think it's going to hurt it. I think it's going to work differently than people think. Also, the Newsom thing is very... Interesting to me, him running as well. If something goes down with Biden, I think it would be him. I don't think Kamala's going to run. People won't accept that. Again, it's if they want the Democratic Party to win. So I think maybe they wait. 
Trump's going to win. They want Trump in. I think Newsom's like a better looking Bill Clinton. That's who I look at him as. He's like the movie star look. If he runs with AOC, you're going to have like an attractive, like power couple, not power couple in there together, but as far as a president, vice president, it would be prime time for them to push that crew. But I don't know if they're going to push that crew until they want them in. And I think maybe they wait until Trump runs the four, then they run those two. I see them winning if they run. I don't know anybody's going to beat that crew just because they have what, sadly, Americans and just the world in general look at as far as, hey, they look good. They look like they need to be there, kind of like Obama did. Obama had that look. He looked presidential, whatever that is. So Trump doesn't, but he appeals to the crowd that they want him to appeal to. And I think that's what they're going to use them for at some point. I don't know if now. Now, if I see them run now, I don't know. They might win. They might be Trump. I don't know. I think that they want Trump to win because then they get them in for sure. Because if you have Trump, then they can go four more years of like, man, this guy's ruined the worst thing ever. What are we going to do? We don't ever want to let another Trump in. And you already got AOC who's been in prime form. She ignites the youth. A lot of the the younger people like gravitate towards her. She's on all the hot bus- button issues of the youth, the gun violence, the Green New Deal, the immigration stuff, like everything she's been screaming out of her lungs. And even though she's been, you know, there's a lot of people that are go against her and question her. But as far as like you said, the mainstream media wise, the Mockingbird media, the people that pay attention to that, they know that she's going to be the one. She's going to be the one that captures the audience, that American Idol type of thing. That's what people see it as when you're when you're looking at these presidential elections. And they will win because you got one energizing the youth and then you got Gavin Newsom to get like the middle age and the, the older crowd to be like, ah, oh, he's a little bit calmer than her. You know, yeah, you know, you need a feisty one. And then I, I think it's like politically, that's like going to be a hard team to beat. Like you said, now maybe Trump could beat them and maybe they do something like they run them. I'm also thinking they run against Trump. Trump wins and then they get to go for four years. Trump stole that election. You know what I mean? Like the the Hillary Clinton campaign. I know that conspiracy theorists believe that they're going to wait to the last minute, pull Joe Biden, and they're going to do the Hillary thing. They're not going to do that. I'm going to say that right now. I don't see it happening. It, it would People would be too up in arms, man. Nobody likes Hillary, man. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. Yeah, does she want it? Would they love to put her in there? Sure, but they know optics-wise it can't work. Newsom and AOC could actually work for them. Yeah, and you got to think about this, though. Newsom's not that old. They get Newsom in, say, now he's 55. If they were to get him in even four years from now, that's 59 years old. That's still in the pocket to hit that younger crowd. And it goes against the face of what they've been saying about these career politicians and these people being in power that are in their 70s, in their 80s. And you know what I mean? Like it would go against that narrative. You've got somebody who's in their late 30s, somebody who's in their late 50s. It's perfect. Like you're going back to those Obama times, essentially without Biden. You're actually going with an entire young crew, and I think people would buy into it. Yeah, the right would be angry, but you're going to get more of that uh, progressive middle crowd than you would otherwise. And I think they, I think they would win. I think if they ran, they would win. I don't know what the right would run against them that would be even in the pocket 
for them to beat that those two together because they just have what looks good. It looks good on paper, and they look like they would. Are they going to be awful? Absolutely, but there's puppets. We got to look at this from that standpoint of how do you manipulate people? And I think those two together would run very well. And I think that they could push this almost rejuvenation, push the reset. You know what I mean? Push that mentality because they would embody that. And maybe it will be somebody that Kennedy introduces, right? He went on further into uh, one of the other clips and talked about the Ukraine war. He's really smart, speaking against the military industrial complex, kind of getting those classical liberals and uh, all the independents and anti-war people. And even though I don't trust them and I like we always say there's people that are bad people. I'm not saying he's bad or good. We don't really know, but they still may have a good message. Right. And this next clip is Kennedy with Jordan Peterson. And they're talking about this chemical. Like, what is it? Uh, endocrine and the correlation with gender dysphoria. And I thought this was super intriguing because it's something I never considered. It's something that, that there's all these things that are blocking our hormones that we use our day-to-day lives. And it's more than just brainwashing. It's actually pushing people and make and feminizing them. I've seen the climate apocalypse use fear to induce something a- approximating the same kind of level of tyranny, as far as I'm concerned, that characterized the the vaccine lockdown. Help me sort that out and and understand where you stand. I see these huge levels of depression and despair, uh, loneliness in kids. And I don't think that there's a single cause to it. Um, And I think blaming it on, you know, depression about climate is probably oversimplistic. In fact, I think a lot of the problems we see in kids and particularly boys, it's probably underappreciated that Uh, how much of that is coming from chemical exposures, including a lot of the sexual dysphoria that we're seeing. I mean, they're swimming through a soup of toxic chemicals today, and many of those are endocrine disruptors. There's atrazine throughout our water supply. Atrazine, by the way, if you in a lab put atrazine in a tank full of frogs, it will chemically castrate and forcibly feminize every frog in there and 10% of the frogs, the male frogs will, uh, will turn into fully viable females able to produce viable eggs. If it's doing that to frogs, it could, there's a lot of other evidence that it's doing it to human beings as well. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. (laughs) Yeah. He was right. (laughs) I know. When I listen to that, he's not the first person to come in and tout, you know, what was said during that famous rant that that's true. And it is true. And these endocrine disruptors, these EDCs, they're in everything. They're in all kinds of substances in the environment, air, soil, water supply, food sources, personal care products. People don't think about that. All those chemicals that you're putting in hairsprays, uh, facial products, manufacturer products that interfere with just normal function, function of your body's endocrine system. So, And it's nuts because it doesn't just disrupt, you know, the things that you think about, like your hormonal, but it goes even deeper. You can have metabolic issues, diabetes off of it, obesity off of it. I mean, it can even to that point, it can make you fat to where you can't 
Your metabolism doesn't even metabolize food correctly. Cardiovascular problems, your growth problems, you're not even growing correctly. You know, as people are trying to hit puberty, they're not hitting puberty correctly. It causes cancer. There's so many things that they're attacking us with in every single facet of you just waking up that it's going on. And he's not wrong about that. He's not wrong that it is disrupting our endocrine systems. And that goes into also this whole transgender movement. And we've actually got a, a study by legit scientists on our website that talks about these disruptions and what it's caused in these kids to have autism. So if you think about it, this autism, you're seeing a huge uptick. So that's coming from these EDCs, these endocrine disruptors. Well, not only that, but it's feminizing men especially because that's what you're seeing more of is the male to female part of the transgender movement. That's because that men are being feminized literally by what's in the water. But not only that, everything else, food, air, just you walking outside, this is disrupting you and disrupting your system. So then not only that, you've you've got autism because of it, and now you've got feminine uh genes just pumping all through you and then you think you're trans because that's what they're training us to be is confused and i think that some of it is chemical and a lot of it's chemical actually i mean people are getting sick because of what they're eating or what they're breathing or or what they're drinking you know i encourage anyone even if you got to just go to a website and get one of those gallon or two gallon water filters that filters out fluoride and everything else, get you one of those. Even if you can't afford like some extensive uh, water filtration system, get something because you'll find if you're starting to drink clean water, even after a, like a month or two, you'll tell a huge difference, even in clarity in your brain, just even how you think you're like, man, that tap water really had me messed up. No, that's definitely 100% true. I believe in that. And you told me something about a year ago, maybe a little longer. I don't know, but it's around that time. And I agree with it. Cause so if you think like, you know, the food, uh, the toothpaste, the deodorants, everything we use now, we're not going to necessarily cut it all out right away, but do baby steps, right? Like I got a different deodorant that doesn't have metals and all that stuff in it. Different toothpaste. It doesn't have all these added additives in it. Do little steps like that. Like you said, get a water filtration system. Maybe you can't get a you know, change your whole house, but get a little filter, get, even if you get a Brita, like look into the best things that could actually work little step by steps. Don't think that, Oh, well, I can't do it all. So might as well just who cares do little things, you know, and you'll see the little improvements that it's happening because we have tons of metals and plastics that we're all ingesting. And that's why it's humorous when we poke fun at these uh, green new deal climate activist people, because they're not worried about the plastics. And this is the things that's actually hurting people. And causing them not only to become feminized or obese or other diseases, you're talking about cancers. That's why there's so much cancer and it's prevalent. And that's why you don't hear a lot of people talking about it is because it's the plastics and the plastic companies. They're not stopping it. How many things have you bought that is plastic wrapped in plastic wrapped in plastic? Tons of it. And they're doing nothing to change that. And then it's got microplastics in it if it's something you're eating. So you got microplastics everywhere. And by the way, this isn't a ad or they paid me to do this but go to epic uh water that is one of the best 
uh, water filtration systems that you can get that's not super expensive. So they send you new filters in the mail. You can get on a list and they'll send them to you every so many months. Like, say you got X amount of people in your household, you're probably going to need one quicker. So they'll know to send you a new one X amount of time and you can flip those out. Man, it's great. It, it actually works phenomenal. And you can get it in different ways. You can get one that's actually a water bottle that you can take with you. So no matter where you're at, you can put it in this water bottle and it filtrates out as you're drinking it. You got one of those and you got to get the ones that filtrate fluoride because not all of them do. Not all these companies like Brita, they have, I think, maybe one that does, but most of theirs don't. Epic water filters, generally most of them do. So you can check and see and they'll list it as, hey, it does fluoride plus all of these things, get all these metals out and everything else. So and it's not super expensive. So look into that. It's a great one. It's one that's I, I've been using for a very long time um, for sure. So, you know, that's if you can't get like the most expensive one. If you got one and you can filter your whole house, absolutely like that. I know plenty of people that do that. Uh, I grew up with those. So, yeah, absolutely. But if you can't and you just need something to drink, um, which is the most important, go with uh, Epic Water. I think it's one of the best ones out there. And my other thing that I've been leaning towards, too, and you can find these all over all over the Internet. Get glass bottles and they have glass bottles that are travel that you could travel bottles and you they have cases so they won't break. You know, they have the plastic or the metal around it try to drink more with the glass it's healthier because if you look back in the 40s and 50s everything was in glass bottles and even when you go to other countries everything's in glass bottles now we have plastic and when it's traveling throughout the country it's getting hot and that plastic's melting and you're getting microplastics and everything we're drinking and like i said just be conscious of it like none of us are perfect but if we can make little steps if you have the hey let's do the water first hey let's change our deodorant hey let's change our toothpaste that at least is going to help counterbalance some of it. You can't fix it all in one day, but I think if you get into that level of it, it will help because not only, like we said, cancers and, and we're seeing, that's why we're seeing such a huge uptick of all of these crazy um, hormonal people. Like you're seeing it everywhere. And I think, and I was even talking to uh, a couple older people in my family about this. I was like, well, I think that some of the reason it doesn't affect me, not that I haven't ingested some of these chemicals, but growing up, we didn't eat fast food that much. We didn't go out as much. Like, did we go to a restaurant every now and then? Yeah, you know, with the family, you know, on a special occasion. It was very rare. And all the all the meals were home cooked. And like, so it was less processed foods and less processed stuff that we were ingesting. And there was less plastics. So now... That's why we're seeing the newer generations and that's why we don't understand them is because they can barely understand them. They can, it's already hard enough being a teenager, but now with the chemicals that are in the air, in the water, in the food you eat, plus the pressures uh, around schools and, and um, people trying to tell you like you're a bigot. If you, if you don't, if you question any of this, you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. 
I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And part of the thing that is the start of all of this is when they were pushing all these bullying laws, right? There was like bullying laws telling people like, oh man, we got to stop bullying, man. Everybody's bullying people and, you know, it's hurting their feelings and that's why there's school shooters. That's why there's, you know, fill in the blank. Well, it looks like France is taking action. The new measures will include citizen training courses for bullies. Serious cases could be referred directly to prosecutors, and the worst bullies could end up in prison. There'll be a new bullying hotline, and November the 9th will become a national anti-bullying day. The government is promising school children it means to protect them. De vos classes jusqu'à vos chambres. From your classes to your bedrooms, sometimes 24 hours a day on social networks. For you, bullying is everywhere and all of the time. So the mobilization must be universal. Everyone has a role to play. With all my government, we stand with you and will fight relentlessly against bullying. School bullying hit the headlines earlier this month with the suicide of a 15-year-old boy known as Nicholas. He attended this school near Paris and had only moved there this term after being bullied at his previous school. The tragedy shocked France. It was also revealed that local education authorities sent a threatening letter to Nicholas's parents after they complained about the bullying. Days later, President Emmanuel Macron's wife Brigitte, a former teacher, visited the local town hall to talk to local officials and then spent time with Nicholas's family. Bullying in French schools is a growing problem, with a recent poll indicating 14% of children have suffered some form of harassment at school. And when it goes to bullying, the interesting part of that whole clip is they're like, yeah, this kid left his old school because he was getting bullied and he went to a new school and get bullied. And that makes me wonder the question of like, well, why is he getting bullied, man? Like what? Not, not, not that he's bringing it on himself, you know, and sad that he took his life and everything, but it's because this victim mentality. I've seen a lot of kids in this generations, these new generations, where when they talk about bullying, they're they're talking about it before they're getting bullied. They're like, "Oh, these bullies, you know, oh, they're gonna bully me," and everything's bullying, right? Like, "Oh, if you if you make a joke, like even my niece sometimes does that. I'll be making jokes at her, and you know, be like, "Oh, you're bullying me." I'm like, man, I'm sure that's not bullying, man. If you want to see bullying, I'll, I'll bully you. I'll show you how that works, but. That is the mentality that a lot of these kids are set because they're victimized. Like, you know, you're, you're getting bullied, man. You're a victim. And because it's so prevalent to be praised for being a victim, I think that's why we're seeing all of these new laws. And that kind of bullying stuff is going to come here because this is in the Western world. It's going to come here. And we've seen stuff like this here and in Canada and did you hear what they said? They're basically going to re-educate people and you can go to jail for it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that France's education minister, Gabriel Attal, passed the decree that allows bullies to be moved to a new school 
where previously it was more likely the victim would be relocated. So they would normally take the victim and move the victim. But here's what they're saying. They're saying that there's too few teachers and too many bullies and the government wants to get tough. So according to the 18th of September, uh, an alleged bully was arrested by the police in the middle of a lesson. So that caused the whole reaction in the country. And according to a 2021 French Senate report, between 800,000 and 1 million of France's 12 million pupils are victims of bullying at school every year, which has got to be the most inflated number. A million children are being bullied? Come on, man. This is insane. Like, there's a difference between somebody getting physical and attacking and just constantly harassing a kid. That's completely different than telling a kid, like, I like them shoes you're wearing or whatever. But now every little thing has been turned into bullying and they're saying there's two little teachers. Well, why is there two little teachers? You know why? Because teachers don't want to teach in this environment because if they do something, it's considered bullying. So it's, it's, it's set up to fail. It, it's set up to do exactly what you just said where they can relocate these bullies and basically send them to a re-education camp so they can train them to think a certain way. And that's what they're doing in France right now. And don't think that they won't try to push it here because those places are more of testing grounds. Australia, places that are way more quote-unquote progressive, they're going to do these things there first, and then it's going to get here eventually. Uh, they'll find a way for it to get here. And that's why that we're trying to get this information out to people now so you know what's coming down the pipe. If you got kids, it's coming. They're going to say that your kid's a bully because he didn't like what so-and-so was wearing or he told so-and-so who was a transgender, like, nah, you're a dude. I'm not calling you that. I'm not calling you by your pronouns. And then he gets sent to, or she gets sent to a re-education camp to understand that there are 1,624 pronouns that we need to memorize. And the bullying really too going on is like the media. We're seeing them actually is the real bullies because they have power. They have power to dictate what's going on. And I don't know if you saw with the whole Russell Brand stuff, we haven't got too much into that. I know he, he's another one of those to me, like, eh, I don't know, man, I got to <laughs> watch out for you. But he's now huge on Rumble and they have started pulling his ads, right? That's going to be the new thing. That's part of this ESG stuff. And they have big companies that have come out and said that they will be pulling any of their ads against Russell Brand, who has not yet been convicted of anything. It's only accusations that have been put out there to take his name. Massive brands, including Burger King, ASOS, London's Barbican Center, and HelloFresh have pulled advertising from Russell Brand's Rumble channel. Three of the companies have removed their ads from Rumble altogether after the news movement found they were appearing alongside Brand's videos. Burger King has paused advertising on Brand's channel while broadcasters and police look at claims of rape and sexual assault against him. Brand has a huge audience on Rumble with over 1.4 million followers. There's been concern about the increasing discussion of conspiracy theories on his videos. The comedian's been a 
accused of rape and sexual assault against four women. He denies the claims. TNM approached other brands, including Ralph Lauren, eBay, and Hilton Hotels, whose ads all appeared on Brand's channel, but none of them replied to requests for comment. YouTube suspended ads from the channel on their site for allegedly violating creator policies, and the BBC's removed some shows Brand made while working there. Burger King said the company had paused all advertising while investigations into the allegations are ongoing. ASOS declined to comment, but TNM understands the company removed their ads this week. HelloFresh said, thanks for pointing this out to us. We have manually removed our ads from Rumble. The Barbican said, we've now asked our media agency to exclude this site from where our ads appear. Rumble has said it doesn't plan to remove ads from brand's content altogether, but it hasn't replied to requests for comment. Google and brand himself have yet to reply to us either. And that's good. Another case of that, like, if it can happen to him, it can happen to you. And I think it's to deter people from speaking freely on things that, to me, it's all an attack on freedom of speech. Yeah, for sure. And when I was looking into this, I ran across an article by uh, James Kirkham. He's the founder of Rumble. He actually did a whole article pushing back against this narrative that advertising can't be used through Rumble, which I thought was very interesting. And he did lean into like Dan Bongino having a big uh, platform there. Um, Glenn Greenwald, big Trump supporters, right? Because you get a lot of those on Rumble. But it's people don't know that Rumble's really big in a lot of sports like UFC and Power Slap and some of the, like the street league skateboarding and all the like X game stuff. It's really big there. So what he's trying to explain to people is listen, there's no reason for these companies to back down on ads because it does so much more than just this counterculture movement. And I think a lot of people forget that, that a lot of these places started as just a counter to give people another option outside of YouTube. But what they do is they offer free speech where, hey, we're not going to limit what you're allowed to say here because you're going to be allowed to talk about what you want to talk about. So, yeah, it ends up being a heavy uh, conglomerate of those type of people that end up on there, which I don't think necessarily is a bad thing, but he talked about it. He said, listen, um, there are a lot of ad companies that are still working with us. So just because you see some of these major brands that have pulled, he's like, there's still a lot of major brands that haven't. And I think now we're starting to see some major brands push back and say, and I again, I think it's to create the division, the divide that you got to have this right wing, uh, Ad space too. And I think companies, even if we're just looking at it non, hey, they're part of some elite system to divide us, which I think that exists, but just say just from the aspect of, hey, we're trying to make money, they know there's money to be made there. They know there's money to be made in the right wing circles. Plenty, plenty of it. I think you're just going to see companies taking more sides now where it's like, hey, these companies are going to be super woke. Oh, these companies aren't super work. We're going to buy from them. And it's all by doing that, though, you're going to create an even deeper divide where people won't buy this product because it doesn't align with their views and vice versa. So I, I have thought it was funny that the founder of Rumble came out against all this and was like, hey, here's a list of these companies that are still working with us. And they're big companies. Don't let these three or four pulling out scare you into working with us. So I think there was an antithesis there too. I think you had like the scare tactics going on of like Burger King and all these ones pulling out. And like you said, Oh, if they can do it, Russell brand, they can do it to me. But then you had the counter with the founder from rumble come out and say, eh, it's not really that bad. Like we're still getting a lot of ad space here. We're still making a lot of money. 
Yeah. And also, I think the importance of it is what you said. It's YouTube is like, mm, we want to squash some of this competition. And I'm sure that they've been, been in the ear of a lot of these people or their lobbyists and their henchmen around the, the world has been like, all right, you're going to put your stuff on Rumble, man. You know what they got on Rumble? And that's why they're trying to discredit the company because they want it all centralized to YouTube and then they can control it. But to me, we got to we, we got to be careful, man. We got to panic. We got to prepare, man. There's we got to save democracy, bro. We're in the midst of a crisis and every second counts. 2024 is a make or break year for democracy and freedoms globally, as over 2 billion people are due to vote in 65 elections across the world. But we worry. Are social media companies ready for the election tsunami? Will they stop online disinformation, hate and abuse spilling over into real-world violence? They haven't in the past. Do you remember this guy? He stormed the U.S. Capitol with a mob of angry Donald Trump supporters in 2021 after Trump refused to concede defeat in the presidential race. Two years later, supporters of President Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil also attacked government buildings. In the lead up to the attacks, social media was flooded with disinformation about the legitimacy of the vote and calls for violence. This happened in stable democracies. And before Silicon Valley giants sacked staff meant to keep their platforms safe to cut costs. These are not isolated cases. Big tech companies have a track record of allowing abuses and undermining democracy. And 2024 will pose the biggest risk yet to people and elections with social media at its most powerful. Investment in platform safety should be proportionate to the risk of harm, not market size. Companies must address this gross iniquity. They invested billions to protect the U.S. elections and neglected global majority countries, where they pose a serious risk to rights and freedoms in 2024. The clock is ticking. Will big tech protect people and elections? I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. Right, let me tell- <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to pin it that's the same with, with the russell brand stuff they're trying to insinuate to to decentralize everything to keep it centralized and get all these little platforms that are popping up because you know people are tired of getting censored on you know we're chat man we have a podcast called shadow band syndicate for a reason man because we're beyond shadow band like I don't even know. We should call it something else, like the dungeon or something. Like sometimes we post something, man. <laughs> it, does, it just seems like we're throwing it, spitting in the wind, man. <laughs> like, and that's what they're using with this. They're using it to tell people, like, look how dangerous it is. Dangerous it is. The same thing they when they claimed, like, hey, man, we got to roll back some of this AI stuff. It's because they want to have regulations because they will be grandfathered in. And they'll be able to do what they want. And they have no problem censoring us because the platforms are so huge already. They don't need to start anything. So if me and you try to start a platform today and they had these laws in place, we wouldn't be able to have the same 
effect as the Zuckerbergs and the musts of the world. Absolutely. That's all this is for. This is just to knock out the little guys. Anybody that you can go to to talk how you want to talk. Um, you know, it won't be long before they get into Telegram and stop some of these giant, you know, thousands and thousands uh, of subscribers to different people's channels where they can just talk whatever. It won't be long. It won't be long for WhatsApp's hit. All these things are coming down the pipe. I think that's why that Elon took over Twitter and then turned it into X or whatever they're calling it now. But I think that's why he did that because he's able to centralize those type of people. So now you've got this kind of independent thinking mindset that thinks that Elon's out to help them and they're right there and they're going to give away all their information. And it's, it's just going to be a, just, it's going to get worse and worse. And again, this wasn't about knocking the guys down in Silicon Valley that are running Facebook or Instagram or any of the big ones. No, this is about knocking out the guys who've got the smaller platforms, uh, the rumbles, you know, those type of platforms they want to knock out because they want to stop you from being able to get out information to other people and waking people up. You know, if you can stop that, you stop everything. You control all the information. And they, exactly. And they can use it how they want and dictate everything so they can silence people like me and you. They want to discourage us from trying to find new platforms and new ways of getting our messages out. It's not going to stop a lot of us, but there will be some people that will fall victim to be like, well, I don't want to lose everything I got, you know, because I can't get advertisements and do podcasts or uh, lose everything they got because they've already built their channels around different things. And I mean, that's why we know that we constantly have to pivot. Like being in this realm, we're going to constantly have to pivot if you're trying to make any money at all, because if you don't pivot, they will catch up to you. No, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree with that. I we, we see how it's coming. I think it's the difference is you and I don't get too angry about it. We don't get too up in arms about it. We know that it exists. So when things happen on social media or you know, we feel like, hey, you know, we've got close to 40,000 followers and we're getting a thousand people are seeing this post. I don't get angry about it. I just know that as par for the course. It just is what it is. It's not something that you're going to be able to fight not that way. So the answer is not to get on social media and get all mad. Like you see people post, they're after me. They see what they did. Like, that's not going to work. Like, that's what they want. And they, all they have to do really is just delete your account. They can do it at any time. And we know this firsthand. So they can do that. So the, the answer is to find ways outside of social media to get people information. One of those ways is to get on platforms that don't have that um, centralization that is decentralized or at least somewhat decentralized. So you can talk or you can, uh, put out the kind of art that you want to put out to help people wake up or whatever else. Um, use social media is just a gateway that people can get to the rest of it. I think that's what people got to start doing more and just understanding like, Hey, I don't need to be on here running my mouth like this because what that's going to be is counterproductive to me. Because if I'm on here doing that, Okay, I get deleted. Well, now there could have been a few people that seen that and got through the gateway to get to everything else. You got to be smart. 
It's not about fighting the system. It's about being, you know, people are like, if you're not doing that, no, you're not fighting the system. You're not fighting. You got to have gone through 50 accounts to know that you're the real deal. If not, you're a psyop, man, because they're wanting you to, like, get numbers, man, because getting numbers means that you're a psyop. That's not the truth. It's just some people know how to play the game better. And in this game, because it is a game, these elites versus the rest of us, you got to know how to play it. Like, you can't just go in there guns blazing, not unless you got the artillery to do it. And I can tell you, 95% of you guys don't have that kind of artillery. I'm not talking about what you got in your shed out back. I'm not talking about what you got your shed out back or in your closet, because that ain't going to stop them either. Like, it's nice to have, but that ain't going to stop them either. You got to be smart. If you want to get information out to people, you need to be smart and intelligent about how you do it. So this is why we do what we do and how we do it. Let's get a little sports update. I didn't have a crazy game. And, uh, you know, Mr. Pfizer, we kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have, you know, his, like, crazy impact game. Obviously, he had, you know, some yards and stuff, but. I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny on uh, the Mac, uh, the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers was on there, took a little shot at Travis Kelsey, calling him Mr. Pfizer. And it was pretty interesting. I listened to the whole podcast because I, I listened to him quite a bit. And I kind of like Pat McAfee. He's kind of seems like one of our kind of people. Like he's like, yeah, I did get the jab. I got the J&J because it was the one shot stop. Like, I didn't really want to get it, but like to travel and do the stuff I did, I was just trying to do what I had to do. And they were really talking a lot about the COVID stuff on that uh, episode. And I, I just thought it was funny to play good old Aaron Rodgers getting a little pot shot in on Travis Kelsey, calling him Mr. Pfizer. Because if you don't know, Travis Kelsey, um, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, not only is he everywhere, like State Farm and all that, and outdating uh, Taylor Swift, and you hear, whoa, man, Taylor Swift, that's another occultic thing we could go into an angle of. But what you're hearing is, is you're hearing all these people. Uh, uh, I mean, you're seeing all these commercials that he's in now, and he's in a huge Pfizer commercial where he's like, you can get both, you can get both jabs the, the, for the uh, COVID and then the, what the RSV or whatever like that, that. And he's like, you could get two, two of this. And, I thought it was cool that someone actually took a shot at him. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is kind of uh, one of those guys, too, that I'm always like keeping my eyes open with, though, because I always wonder about Aaron Rodgers, what he's really up to. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a Russell Brand, where I almost wonder like how, how much they're actually bought into what they're saying, or are they just playing the, uh, playing the anti-crowd? And I think you got to have those heroes for the anti-crowd, too. And I've seen a lot of stuff that Rand Rogers has done over the years that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, Pat McAfee, he's got a lot of money, man. And he's in WWE, makes a lot of money. Like, I, I get it. Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not here to say I know who these people are, but always question things always with people. And, you know, I've listened to the Pat McAfee show plenty of times. And, you know, if you're asking me, just from an outside look in like, do I like the guy? Like, well, I mean, I like professional wrestling. So yeah, I mean, in his, in his, in his acting sphere of Pat McAfee in that way. Yeah. And do I enjoy watching him talk about sports? Absolutely, man. I think he's very knowledgeable on some of this stuff, but the character I enjoy, but do I know him personally? I don't. 
And it's it, it it's weird to me because every time something crazy like conspiratorial happens, somehow Aaron Rodgers becomes the face of it. And everybody's like, see, we love Aaron Rodgers. He's like the anti-Brady. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can buy into that completely. Like, I, I just... It's just something rubs me wrong there. I don't know. And maybe he's legit. Who knows, man? He's on the woo-woo too. He's in the woo-woo and 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 doing like, not saying that it's bad to take mushrooms or anything like that. I mean, I'd take mushrooms and different things of that nature. But I do agree with you. Like, it's kind of funny that he is like the conservative voice, even though he's not conservative whatsoever. He went to Berkeley. He went to Cal, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? That is one of the most uh, progressive schools or, you know, in the top for sure. But since we're on the subject of COVID, you know, Ted Ross wanted to congratulate the Nobel Peace Prize winner. Today is a great day for health, a great day for science, and a great day for vaccines. I offer my warmest congratulations to Dr. Katalin Kariko and Dr. Drew Weissman, who today won the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for their work in developing the technology that led to mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. As they have for some, so many other diseases, safe and effective vaccines against COVID-19 played a vital role in bringing the pandemic under control. So they, they won the Nobel Peace Prize for creating the mRNA technology, and they're giving them a little pat on the back. I wanted to also highlight some World Economic Forum agenda contributor uh marina mazako and she talks about the bad job with the vax and the climate change that's also of course true with covid right we are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and our region and our nation and globally and did we solve that like did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world no so highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective but also the self-interest perspective because it is it does have that parallel it's not only important but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to solve those problems which, which had similar attributes and water is something that people understand you know climate change is a bit abstract some people understand it really well some understand it a bit some just don't understand it water every kid knows how important it is to have water when you're playing football and you're thirsty you need water so there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really in some ways experimenting with this notion of the common good can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably other times and hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things but anyway i think that clip's important because she's like really talking about the water and we've talked about before stories of whether putting mRNA vaccines and things of that nature in our food and in our water supply. And that's where I got from her. She's talking about like, hey, you know, uh, let, let's find other ways. We didn't vaccinate everybody. We have to vaccinate the whole world. And since we didn't, we're, we're in a far worse place. And how she kind of correlated vaccinations with climate change was something to me that they're trying to, that proves that there are the same agenda, that they're they're matching them together. Yeah, absolutely. And we already know that Bill Gates has created um, food sources with vaccines inside of them, mRNA vaccines. He's already talked about it openly. So this isn't something that it's some conspiracy that's going on. They've already talked about this is important to do moving forward because this is going to help everyone become vaccinated. And again, it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier 
in this presentation about how they are jacking up everything you drink, everything you eat with chemicals. And this is just more chemicals that they're putting in there to help you. <laughs> yeah, help you. And then Yell, they wrote a paper about an mRNA COVID vaccine that could be used with no shot, no shot needed. They're, they're, they're talking about a team of research has developed an inhalable vaccine that successfully protects against the COVID virus. Safe and effective, right? We're, <laughs> that's another buzz uh, little phrase they like to use. Safe and effective, man. It's safe and effective. There's so many. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those super clips where they go safe and effective, safe and effective. <laughs> it's like that propaganda. And that got me thinking because there's a rabies vaccine that's going to be airdropped across Southeast Tennessee. Yeah, I did see that. Um, that's going to be, I don't even know what I think about that. So they're just airdropping it to people for use. But why? Why wouldn't you just go to your local pharmaceutical and get it if you needed it? So that part of it, I don't really understand. Well, here's a little clip to kind of explain it further. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will airdrop oral rabies vaccine packets along Tennessee's borders with Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, and Virginia. This is all going to start next week. Bait packets will drop from planes and helicopters over the next three weeks, starting October 3rd, and will be marked with a toll-free number in case someone finds or touches a packet. The packets are safe, according to the USDA Wildlife Services. However, the agency issued several precautions for people and pets. If eaten, one packet will not harm your pets, but several could upset their stomachs. The packets have a strong fish-like smell, but there's no harm in touching an undamaged packet. If the packet has been opened or ruptured, we're told you should wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water. Oh, good old soap and water. So what's happening is they're doing, they're dropping these airborne vaccines against rabies to supposedly like stop the rabies infestations within wild animals. It's not necessarily intended for humans. So what they're doing is they're like, you know, there's a problem with rabies, there's raccoons and we can't get into those forestry areas. So we're going to drop these vaccines and make them airborne and or these little packets. And if you, you know, they're supposed to eat the packets and that's supposed to prevent rabies, but the, these packets are also deadly. And the reason why it was uh, important story is because, you know, we've in the last few weeks and the months, uh, they've released mosquitoes in Florida and California all over. And those mosquitoes uh, are carrying who knows. We don't really know exactly what they're doing. There's a big experiment going on with it, but we're not privy to that knowledge. And there's also a lot of experiments going on with vaccines. So I believe that. This kind of correlates with what she was talking about with the World Economic Forum, where they're trying to find different ways to get people this mRNA technology. Why? That's the real big question. Now, we could speculate, but they definitely want to get everybody in ingesting this. And I think these little rabies airborne vaccines are just little tests, in my opinion, to see like, hey, could we further this? Could we drop like some mRNA droplets. I mean, we knew about shedding, right? There was a lot of people talking about shedding when they were around people with the, that had got the mRNA vaccines and they were getting symptoms from being around people that were constantly being boosted. I think my biggest thing that I'm taking away from is they're talking about these packets could harm your pets or you if you ingested too much. So you're dropping them off into a forestry area in hopes 
that forest animals eat it to stop rabies, but it could kill them. But he, he you know, he, he tried to say like, oh, just make their stomach upset. Well, then if you're not giving it to the pets, why are you giving it to random animals? Also, is this plays into what I've been saying that they want to hurt forestry life. They want to hurt nature. They don't want you to be connected to nature. So they're going to do everything they can to hurt it. And you were just talking about the mosquitoes. Listen, this isn't a new thing. They're just now more openly talking about it. They were talking about this back in 2019. They were talking about genetically modified mosquitoes that they were going to introduce to take out the mosquitoes that were carrying stuff. This is the craziest part. They, they genetically made them to take out other mosquitoes. But this is coming from top of the line scientists that were talking about this. This has been going on. I just think they're becoming more and more open with it. It's just funny because when people were talking about it originally, they were considered to be kooks or conspiracy theorists. But now it's just an open space. And if you bring it up and say, well, I was, well, I was talking about it four years ago, five years ago. And like, no, no, but it's not the same thing, though. Like, no, it is actually worse. They're saying it on a whole different level. But you're right, though. I think what you have to look at is the thread that connects. And I do think that what they're dropping off in these forest areas probably has nothing to do with rabies. Absolutely nothing at all. It's probably just mRNA packets that they're just dumping off into these animals to see what it can do. We have no idea what they're hoping that these packets do. It might not even be an outward sign of something that you see, but it could be something to change their DNA. We don't know, but we know these mosquitoes are rolling around now. And are these mosquitoes really attacking other mosquitoes or other insects that are carrying deadly diseases? Or are they designed to, hey, poke us with what? Because we know mosquitoes can carry every single thing. Everything. Everything. And that's why, to me... This whole airborne thing is just similar to the food stuff that we're seeing. And they're trying to find different ways to maybe it's not the mRNA thing that they want to get us in, but it's some kind of to me, it's always an agenda. I believe in the population control theories because we hear a lot of these elitists talking about population control. And I think that's what they want out of a lot of this. Another big story, though, that we had to touch. I mean, there's no way we can't. A major breakthrough in a murder case following decades of investigation. A man has been arrested and charged with murder over the 1996 killing of rapper Tupac Shakur in Las Vegas. A Nevada grand jury indicted Dwayne Davis, who goes by Kef D, in connection to the killing. Davis was arrested this morning while on a walk near his home. Authorities said he was the commander who ordered Shakur's death. He was one of the last living witnesses to the fatal drive-by shooting in September 1996. Shakur was in a car and waiting at a red light when a white Cadillac pulled up next to him and gunfire erupted. He was shot multiple times and died a week later at the age of 25. The suspect has long been known to investigators and has himself admitted that he was in the Cadillac. The judge denied him bail. You know we had to touch this story, man. I mean, if you guys haven't listened to our episode, we did a whole episode on Tupac. Go check that out. But this is, uh, the timing is uh, very strange. Yeah, for sure. And I encourage people to go back and listen to the Tupac PSYOP. And we go into 
super detail about what we think Tupac was involved with, who we think Tupac actually was. Will you talk some about Keefe D, who they are talking about here, who has been arrested for killing Tupac? But this isn't news. This isn't new news, guys. I think it's funny that they're presenting it as new news, but it's not because Keefe D has been saying this since 2018. Matter of fact, he did a tell our tell all memoir called Compton Street Legend, where he claimed to be in the Cadillac that was used in the murder. (laughs) And he said he was riding shotgun with his nephew, Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, and handed him the weapon. So this was been said since 2018. He's been running around saying this. This isn't anything new. So now all of a sudden they run up at his wife's house, Paula Clemens in July. Oh, this is the best part. They uncovered a stash of 40 caliber bullets that will go under forensics to see if they match up to the murder. What? 25 plus years later, you're running up into a house that he wasn't living in back then. You're finding some bullets and you're hoping that they match up. And it wouldn't surprise me. They came back and said that they did, but I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, come on, man. This is just a big ruse. It's just a bit. It's so fake. Like, this is the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. And just even seeing like family members of Tupac come out and say, we're just so happy that finally something's happened in this whole thing. Like, come on, come on. And he's been on countless interviews throughout since 2018 from Vlad TV to all kinds, not only talking about being in the car, but also claiming that the P Diddler is the one that, you know, put a million dollar hit on Pac and that they just so happened to got into a scuffle with him. And then the thing that people don't realize, and if you've listened to some of our past episodes, like the P Diddler episode, Keefe D did a lot of security. So what happens uh, with these rappers, that's what they call it checking in. They go around to different areas, especially when they claim, you know, that they're from a gang and they may not really be from a gang. They go into areas for protection and, they don't just get security. They have their normal security with them. But when they're going into like L.A. or, you know, a heavily gang environment, they go and find, you know, gang leaders and they pay them to protect them and do other things for them. And he's been claiming that Diddy gave a million dollars and he never got it because somebody else had got the money and then they never gave it to him. He's been like pretty much pleading for the P diddler to like, Hey man, hook me up, man. You know what I'm saying? Hooking everybody else up. I'm waiting for it. And I'm with you. It's comical, man. When I saw this, people were sending it to me and I was like, come on, man. You're, you know, this is bull crap, man. It's from the get go. We know it's bull crap. It's a little distraction story. I would highly doubt anything comes of this. Yeah, agreed. And to the point of Diddy putting a $1 million hit out, very sketchy detective Greg Kading, who has been very vocal about this whole thing for a long time and has also been on Vlad TV, by the way, and spoken about what he thinks. But he talked about the $1 million hit after three years of investigation. He found out about that as well. So this is, I just think it's a bait and switch and if anybody wants to, just to catch up, there's a 20-minute um, video out that came out a couple days ago on Spill Today. If you guys go on YouTube, Spill Today, um, you can check it out. I thought it was funny. I watched it, and then I went online, and Snopes had put out a fact check on that exact video. Literally, that exact video, Snopes put out a whole fact check about it saying that 
it's unsubstantiated. So they were saying that it didn't say it wasn't true, but they were saying that eh, it's just not enough facts here. Uh, I hear you, Snopes. I, I'm not really buying into too much of what Snopes says. I did find uh, a part of that um, do- documentary, whatever you want to call it, little AI generated news clip that went on about 20 minutes. But I did find it very interesting the uh mike tyson stuff and i thought that mike tyson talking about that tupac's goal was always to be mortal and how that tyson wasn't worried about Pac because he said in his world this is just what happens so even he was talking about the death and it was real sketchy that tyson didn't show up when he was supposed to show up and meet with Tupac, because if he had, they would have went to a different place and this whole murder wouldn't have happened. So, which kind of makes me think that Tyson knew a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Tyson just knew not to be there when this thing was going down. And you could even play this into the fact that is Tupac even really dead? Like it, it, I think this was an entire occult ritual. If you want to go hear about all that, please go listen to the Tupac Saya. We break it down a million ways from Sundays. I even tie the Nephilim into Tupac. So if you guys want to go hear that, go check it out. But I just think that this is an absolute load of crap. Just it's garbage, man. I, I don't think that there's any weight to any of this at all. I think that, again, this has been said. Keefe D came out and said he did this years ago, almost six years ago. So now you're taking him serious. Oh, now we're going to go hunt him down. The case was reinvigorated in 2018 when when Keefe D came out and said this. Reinvigorated and it took you, what, six years to figure it out? Like, come on, come on. It's ridiculous, Sean. No, I'm with you on that, man. It's 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 a bogus story that they're just really trying to push on us to like, I don't know what the distraction is or like I was telling you off air, maybe it's just some kind of sign to signal to P Diddler that, Hey man, you're, you're getting a little too big or, or maybe it's his, uh, humil- uh, humiliation ritual for him, you know, like to him get out hey, there listen, and look bad. Mace even, and people forget about this though, but Mace, um, came out, I, I can't remember which, uh, show that it was. It might, it might've actually been with, um, I, I don't remember what podcast it was, but he came out and was talking about it in a funny way that Diddy was involved with Keefe D and had offered him the money. So this this happened a couple of years ago where he was talking about that himself. And again, if you want to go listen to Pete Diddler episode that we did, we talk a lot about Mace there too, saying how Mace is one of the few guys to get away from Bad Boy and nothing really bad happened to him. So I think that Mace has a lot on P. Diddy, and I think that could be one of the things that he has on him is he understands that he was involved with this ruse of a murder or murder, whatever you want to call it. He was involved somehow with this whole thing. So again, I, guys, don't even buy into this crap. Go look at it for, you know, entertainment purposes and research purposes if you're trying to dig around. But I, I don't buy into any of it, man. I think it's just just absolute garbage. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And in our final story, it's a positive story, man. You know, everybody's like trying to figure out ways to recycle plastic. I think they finally come out with a way that we can all benefit. Plastic pollution is a looming global crisis. The world now produces more than 380 million tons of it every year, an amount projected to triple by 2060. At a glance, this looks like your regular vanilla ice cream. 
but the dessert is the first of its kind in the world. Its flavoring is derived from plastic waste. The process is developed by scientists in Edinburgh and harnesses the power of bacteria and enzymes to break down the plastic's polymers into molecules that are no longer plastic. The PETs are then processed by another bacteria to turn it into vanillin. The designer says the idea was born from frustration about the failure of the recycling system and how it cannot keep up with plastic production. But scientists say the ice cream very much remains a research project, not quite ready for consumption, but rather a starting point to rethink the way we approach plastic waste. Perhaps misconception around what it actually is by the end of the process that it is no longer plastic. But I think as part of that, we it is really important that we take the safety side of it really, really seriously and we make it very clear that this has to go through exactly the same regulatory processes and food standard processes as any other food ingredient. If <laughs> the ice cream man is in town, so you better watch out when you see him coming on your block. You may be ingesting more than just microplastics. Yeah, they're literally making it with plastic, which is insane to me, man. I, I can't even imagine. And then she's like, but by the time it's done, it's not plastic anymore. Right. <laughs> I know, man. A, it's good, man. Don't worry. We're going to test it. Make sure it's good. We're not going to just shove it down your throat. We're going to do thorough testing. It's going to be great. I was like, plastic to ice cream? Like, I mean, I get it. We're ingesting plastic already. But, man, just, I guess it's just like, hey, let's stop, like, pussyfooting and let's just really just shooting the plastic right down their throat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But you brought to my attention, I think the last thing, uh, 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 the really last clip is, uh, I think we need a public service announcement. You know, there's a lot going on with stuff and, you know, the woke crowd are people too, man. We 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 support the woke crowd, right? We we got to get there. We got a nice public service announcement for them because when they grow up, they want to be a woke-free job board. They want to be able to be woke and free. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company, like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my co-workers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, RedBalloon.Work. <laughs> that was, it was hilarious, though. <laughs> that was probably one of the best ones that I've seen in a long time. No, definitely, man. That one's hilarious, man. Because it's the funny thing is, like, I know they're making a joke out of it, but there's like a lot of people that think that way. They're like, yeah, I bet you if you didn't add the last part, the woke free part of the people like, yeah, yeah, 
I do want to be get diversity training all the time. <laughs> like when there's like, I'd rather be judged by the color. What do you say? I'd rather be judged by like my ethnicity than, than my actual skills or something. Yeah, like it was that. great, man. It, it it was it was a great one. I saw it the other day, and I meant to send it to you. And it was funny today. I was like, hey, we should play this night, and you're like, oh, I'm already playing it. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, ah, we, <laughs> if they, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like. A little inside baseball for people. People don't know that we, in everything that we do, whether Joel's making notes or I'm making notes, all the notes that we can, there is so much that you don't even know that is on the chopping block because we try to fit it in within this hour and a half ish because we don't want to go too over. But that one had to be played. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great. And like I said again, we appreciate everybody that came out, showed support and love to us at Fortin Airways. Uh, we will have more events like this coming up and we'll definitely let you know and not nothing yet, like anything close, but we, we really liked what we did and uh, we're, we're thinking about adding some more of those kind of shows. So hit us up. Maybe uh, you have some locations within the Midwest region at the moment. We're not going too far from there right now, but uh, besides that, you can go to kill Check out our music, check out the podcast, check out, the documentaries, anything that we're doing is always going to be on killthemockingbirds.com. There may be a day when you can't find us on Instagram, Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, but you will always find us at killthemockingbirds.com. And then if you feel like supporting us, you want to, uh, you love our podcast, you think, hey, man, I want to support those guys. Go get some merch. Well, you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Your own nothing, nothing. Be happy. Mass surveillance don't wear the high. Your 
Credit card bill.